Well, good morning, Carpenter's Way, and those of you who are uh, visiting that may be uh, online because somebody invited you. I'm Pat Camerata. I get to be the pastor of these wonderful group of people, and uh, we have people listening from all over, even those who... Uh, who, who were here, moved to different cities. We noticed that you've logged on. Thank you so much for joining us. Glad that you're here. I'm going to give a special shout-out to my uh, brother-in-law, uh, or my, brother, my brother-in-law and his wife, uh, Phil and Cindy A-Day. They're listening from Oklahoma. They left Texas many years ago. It's really sad, uh, and we're, uh, but they're listening to Welcome. Uh, welcome, you guys. And thank you to all those guests who are here helping us uh, just spread the word. And uh, this is live. We haven't pre-recorded this. Right now, Amber, our preschool minister, is over there. And Matt, who's one of our lay people that helps with the youth. And then uh, Jason, who leads our worship and does all the media. Now, uh, uh, Jesse and uh, Mike are at home because they said they would prefer to be in their pajamas as they uh, talk with you. So when you're talking with them online, uh, they're at home. Uh, help keep them awake. So, but I'm so glad that you're here, and uh, we're going to have a great day. And I want to encourage you to uh, just stay a part of it. And I uh, uh, hope your family's all there. Just a couple of things at the end of the service, when when I close in prayer, uh, I just want you to know: don't go away because we're going to put the cue, which is all the information about what's going on at the end. And you'll want to hear that because it specifically talks about our uh, community group plan of action to use Zoom this Wednesday night as all of us go through uh, the letter of James together. So I want to encourage you to, to listen to that and uh, uh, before you get offline. And uh, so I'll tell you what, why don't you take your Bibles and let's all get ready and open them to 1 John chapter 5. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 12. And I want to pray for all of us. Uh, I, the neat thing is when, 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 uh, when it was taught that uh, we're two or three of you together there, I'm in the midst of them. Isn't it neat that God's Spirit can bring us all together? So we're maybe two or three, but we're all over the place. It'd be a great time to help your children if they're listening with you to say, hey, let's stop, let's be quiet, and uh, let's just pray together. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head there and ask you to pray with me and believe with me as we get started. Father, we thank you so much that we're a part of doing what you said to the disciples, the greater thing, uh, that people are being... Um, their needs are being met through, um, through the Internet. Who would have known? So we praise you for that. We give you, uh, uh, and we thank you for that. And, Father, I pray for uh, the lesson this morning that we would hear from you, not just me, that we would hear from your spirit and we'd listen to your spirit and we'd let the word come to life. I, have, I pray that everything would be, uh, uh, as it's spoken, would be very easily understood. And uh, we just want to tell you that we love you. We thank you for your provision for us. We pray for our community that we would be the light. Um, through some people that are anxious and very fearful of what's going on. But Father, I pray that they see our faith in you because we know you take care of everything. You're sovereign. So, Father, be with us this day. Thank you for providing for us, taking care of us. More than anything, thank you for dying for us on a cross so that we could have life. Not only life in heaven, but life abundantly while we live on earth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Why don't you watch this video to help us get started with the lesson this morning. Good morning, Reagan. Good morning. Good morning, Madison. Good morning, Johanna. Good morning, Johnny. People are always asking me why. Why do the same thing every year? Why not move on? And I say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Johnny. Present. I'm comfortable. I know the routine. And I don't want to brag, but I'm pretty popular around here. 
I do really well in sports. No! No, not my house! Well, I'm just very successful yes. here. Why would I go and mess that up by graduating? B. But I mean, in the first grade, I may not know all the answers. D. D. Dog. E. The hours are longer. I hear they don't even have nap time. I mean, I just don't see the upside. Then first grade leads to second grade, second to third. It's really good. Then you're in high school reading boring books with no pictures. Three, four, five. But he was still hungry. Next thing you know, people expect you to get a job and give up summer vacation. <laughs> no, sir. I think I found my niche. Thank you very much. Home sweet kindergarten. Besides, I mean, what if I failed first grade? How humiliating would that be? Nope, just don't think I could handle that kind of embarrassment. That was not a good choice. Very disappointed. <laughs> it's a great video. I hope you really enjoyed watching it. When I found it, it really uh, helps introduce this uh, lesson that we're talking about out of 1 John uh, chapter 5. And that's my question for you is, is your faith still in kindergarten? And, uh, you know, all of us came to know Christ at different points in our lives. Some of you were, uh, were children. Some of you were teenagers. Some of you were uh, college students and on up. But at some point, you came to know Christ or you accepted Christ or you confessed Christ. However you want uh, to say that, that you became a believer and said, there's only one God. He sent his son to die on a cross for me and the world for our sin. And he rose again. And that's what you base your life on. So as I was uh, looking over this scripture and just praying, God, you know, show me what you want me to learn and what you want me to teach to our people and those are, who are listening, is how do, you, how do you grow your faith? Some of us are really stuck. If you're honest with yourself, you go, well, I came to know Christ when I was eight, and I learned all the Bible sto stories that they taught me in, in Sunday school or at church, and then I went on. And uh, when I got in high school or junior high, I began to get away from the Lord. And if you were honest, you may have never come back till you, until you were, you know, uh, mid-college or got married or had kids. But what happens is during that process, our faith, we stop growing in our faith. Um, and some of us, we, we get stuck in kindergarten, so to, to speak, because we, we just don't want to handle something. Something overwhelms us. And so the question that I want you to look at it is this. Have you allowed the experience, a life experiences to stretch and grow your faith? Or do you feel overwhelmed and you choose to stay where you are when it comes to your, truth, to your faith and your daily walk with God? Uh, are you growing? Some people give up. Now, this word overwhelm, when people say, man, I'm over, it just overwhelms me. Some people go, it overwhelms me, I'm done. Overwhelming is not something that, ha that is completed because if you ever go through the process of something and you made it through, then overwhelmed, saying that I'm overwhelmed, is temporary. Um, our greatest example, Jesus is our greatest example of being overwhelmed, yet remaining faithful to his call to save the world through his suffering.
So he felt overwhelmed. And some people would have a hard time with it. I don't believe my God felt overwhelmed. Remember it says in Hebrews that we, uh, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our, with our weakness, but one who has been tempted at all things, but yet did not sin. So there were times in Jesus' life that he was overwhelmed because he was 100% God and 100% man. Can't explain that, won't explain that, but that's just the way it works. And so when we talk about this overwhelming aspect, because this is a time of people being overwhelmed, overwhelmed with homeschooling, overwhelmed with a job loss, overwhelmed with temporary pay decrease, overwhelmed, think of all the things that you're overwhelmed with, overwhelmed with maybe a surgery you're supposed to have and now it's on hold, overwhelmed with the fact that all this is going on and you have this disease that you need to go to the doctor, you need to have things taken care of. And we get, we get overwhelmed. Well, Jesus was overwhelmed, but it never overtook him. I'm going to help you explain that. Um, first of all, he was overwhelmed in uh, the garden experience. Can you imagine being in the garden? The overwhelming came because he sweat blot, uh, 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 drops of blood. Um, he was overwhelmed uh, with his sleeping disciples, walking up and saying, couldn't you guys just stay awake for me just one time? He was overwhelmed. He had to be overwhelmed when the trial came on. He knew it was all, it was all fake. It was, all a, it, was a, it was farce. It wasn't supposed to happen. But he, he was going through that tri- trial, and he went through many scourgings, and he went through people mocking him. There had to be a point that he was overwhelmed with it. Uh, and we do know that in the garden, he did pray at one time, Oh, Father, man, if this cup cannot pass before me, I, that'd be great with me. And that was a statement of being overwhelmed. But then his faith came up and said, But not what I want, but what you want, Father. And uh, the disciples uh, denying and abandoning him, he was overwhelmed with the fact that uh, the disciples had abandoned him. There had to be an overwhelming fact where he knew uh, that his disciples ran. And then, of course, the final agony on the cross. That was overwhelming to him. To have to die, to, to see his mother and his family and his disciples and people that had followed him down there, weeping, knowing that this will be overcome. But even watching you deal with me is overwhelming. Even though I taught you these three-plus years, here's the way things are going to be. It overwhelms me that you're overwhelmed, that you're burdened by this. You know, this really comes from, and, and before I go to First John, because I want to set this up for you, this really comes from this understanding that, uh, and I love the, the word overwhelmed because there's not a completeness to it. This word was uh, actually used in Genesis chapter uh, uh, 3, verse 15. And uh, you can turn there if you want, but basically it was the part where uh, Adam and Eve had, had failed God, they didn't do what uh, he had asked, and then he began to give out the sentence of of their, um, you know, what they had done, of their uh, uh, circumstances. And he began to say, here's what's going to happen to you. Here's what's going to happen to you. Now, why am I going here? Because this Hebrew word was used in uh, chapter 3 of verse 15. It says this, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. Now, he's talking to, he's talking to Satan. He said, I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And what he was talking about is he was talking about Christ. The seed was the fact that Jesus would come eventually take care of all this issue. He said, I'll put, and I love this says, he said, he shall bruise, uh, your, bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. And he was describing that when Jesus would go to the cross, here's what's going to happen. Uh, 
Jesus was bruised at, uh, at the cross, but it wasn't, it wasn't final. It wasn't death. This Hebrew word means to bruise, but also in two, two instances in the Old Testament can also be used to say overwhelmed, almost like that. Because when John, when we get into John, you're going to see that um, he was telling everybody, don't be overwhelmed. And so when we talk about that bruise, when it says that he bruised, but you'll bruise his heel, I want you to know if you put overwhelm, you'll overwhelm his heel. Now, bruising suggests something that was not ultimate or final. Now, for those of you who are doctors and those of you who are nurses, I'm just staying within the biblical context of what we're talking about. And that I know that a bruise can tell you a lot of things. And I know that a bruise can stay there a long time. And I know that you're bruised within. And some bruises never heal because of our health. But here, he's talking about the fact that this bruising suggests something that was not final. He said, look, uh, Jesus was bruised during the garden. He's overwhelming in the garden. He was bruised. But he was not overtaken. And in 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through, 1 through 12, that, you'll hear this word, overcome, overcome. And so this little uh, Greek word uh, really means to conquer or prevail. It's, it's a word that's called uh, niko, and, uh, or nikeo, or niko, and it's a Greek word. And it really derives itself from a word that we all know because we buy their clothes or we buy their shoes, and it's Nike. Nike means uh, uh, victorious. And so what you need to know about this is that as he's writing this letter, now listen closely, as he's writing this letter, he's trying to uh, help these people understand. He knows that he's writing to Christian uh, Jews. He knows that he's writing to Gentiles. Some of them are Greek. And those Christian Jews and those Greek or Gentile uh, new believers walk through the city every day or every other day, however you want to put it. But we know that they walk through their cities. And what they saw were these big statues of all these different mythological uh, beings. And they paid homage to them. And they left that life, but they would still have to walk and see these statues, see these coliseums. And what he was writing, he was saying, listen, I know that every day you walk through uh, this, uh, uh, these things that you see, these mythological gods that some people really, really trust in. And he used that word, uh, uh, Nico, uh, which Nike, uh, to talk about the goddess of victory. And you're going to understand this in just a few minutes as we read, the, read 1 John. Because uh, Jesus wanted you to understand. So let's go back in this mythological story. Uh, it's so much. But those of you who have learned it, it's to help us understand why he's writing and he's using a Greek word that describes another god. It's because he wants them to understand that you have victory. You can overcome this. And uh, most of you know the story. You have Cronos, uh, who uh, was the father of Uranus. And, Uranus, and he, he said, hey, he went against his father. And uh, he, uh, he brought the Titans with him. And we've watched movies called Clash of the Titans. Well, this is a beautiful picture of him bringing in this understanding of this, this Greek uh, goddess called Nike. Because what happened is that uh, Kronos uh, rebelled against his dad. But Kronos had brothers and sisters. One of those brothers was Zeus. You're going, well, we should be learning the word of God. Why are you talking about this? Because you need to understand in the context of him writing, I believe this is what he was trying to get them to understand. That the stories you heard from, the, from O, that Kronos uh, rebelled against his father. And all of a sudden, Zeus, um, he killed some of his other brothers and sisters. Zeus stayed alive. 
uh, and he was with his other, uh, the other gods, which are some of his other brothers and sisters, and there was a battle between uh, Zeus and Kronos. Now, what happened is, uh, uh, he, uh, Kronos took all the, the titans with him, or just about all of them, and there was this class, there was this great battle. And history tells us through the writings of these mythological stories that uh, Zeus called upon Nike, Nico, Nikos, Nico. And he called upon because he said, I need the victorious goddess to come and help me. So you've got to understand, when they're reading this, they're going, wow, you're talking about a Greek god. Uh, but at the same time, we understand this. You're saying that we can have victory. That what is what what made uh, uh, um, Zeus victorious over the Titans? It was Nike. Nike means victory, and we're going to read in just a few minutes where he said, "Our Nike, our Nico, has overcome everything, and our victory, our Ni- Ni- uh, Nico, was overcome through our faith." Jesus used this word, the same word, in John 16, 33, when he said these words. These things I have spoken to you so that you may, you may have peace in the world, not in the physical world, but in this world order. It says you're going to have tribulation. But take courage. I have, Nico, I have overcome the world. Paul used a little compound word called hupero nico, which means uh, to be more than a conqueror. And he wrote about this in Romans where he says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Uh, Will tribulation or distress or persecution, famine or peril of sword? He said, Just as it is written, for for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all things, we were, here it is, this is this hupe, it's a, it's a compound word. We were overwhelmingly conquered through him who loved us. That's Romans 8, 37. He says, for I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers. I believe that nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of Jesus, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so what he was saying is, what John's fixing to teach us, I wanted to give you just a little light into that Jesus used this word, that Paul used this word, and we use this word so that we can conquer something. So the three words that I want us to focus on today is this, is that when something enters your life, okay, uh, whether it be uh, different things, it can be, it can be a disease that enters your life, it can be what's going on now, um, uh, that uh, w- some of you are going to be laid off. Uh, some of you are working and you're nurses and, and doctors and you're working in an area that, you know, you could be fearful and, and not go or you could say, well, I'm, I'm just going to see this through and trust in my father. That is something that's overwhelming. But we know that it will eventually be over and we'll, uh, we'll get through this. But it feels overwhelming. It doesn't mean it's the end. Uh, your husband or wife can step into your life and say, hey, listen, I need to tell you this is over. And at that point, we feel so overwhelmed, we feel like we can't get through this. Well, those are the times where your faith, watch this, is going to be the thing that causes you to be victorious. Right? You call upon your faith. 
your Nike, was going that victory to overcome whatever you're going through. And so the words that I want us to focus on and leave with today in just a little bit are these, that we would prevail, we would crush, and we would conquer by faith. We would prevail and crush and conquer by faith. Uh, so when you see something that comes your way, you got a disease, you say, listen, I will prevail over you. And I will crush you and you will not stop me from living my life and being hopeful. I will either prevail and crush you and conquer you because I will continue to be faithful. And at my last dying breath, two things will happen. I will still be faithful. That is what he's talking about, that our faith becomes the victory. Our life experiences causes our faith to grow so that we don't stay in spiritual kindergarten. And some of us are still there. You have let something hit you. Uh, uh, the, the, the stock market crashes, all right? You're about to sell a home, and you're going, wow, I guess we're not going to sell it now. Well, you can let that crush you, or you can turn around and say, God's in control, he's sovereign, and I will prevail because Christ is in me, and I will crush this attitude I will crush my negative spirit. I will crush my fleshly thoughts. And I will conquer it because Jesus is in me. And because of what he did on the cross for me, I will either do that on earth or when I take my last breath and inhale my first spiritual breath, purest breath you'll ever inhale, I will still be a conqueror. And when we see this in 1 John, you will begin to see these words pop up. That you would, you would prevail, crush, and conquer, but you will do it all by faith. So let's go to 1 John uh, chapter 5, uh, verses 1 and 2, and uh, we'll begin reading. All right? It says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. This is uh, 1 John chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Has been born of, Christ, born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. And we talked about love last week, but he's talking about Christ. He says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love and obey his commandments. Remember, so they're being taught what these disciples saw, touched. They, held, they hung out with Jesus. They're being taught, hey, listen, you have got to obey what God asked you to obey. And when he says that you can be an overcomer, you are an overcomer, then we're going to trust that. It says, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Now, when we hear the words commandments, we're, we usually think of the Ten Commandments. That, that's good. The Ten Commandments are great. Always, I've taught you all before that if you took every spiritual aspect out of the Ten Commandments, other than the first one, which is that spiritual aspect that we believe in, if you take that spiritual aspect out of there, that's what we're living with in America. Uh, we, you don't kill. You, you don't steal. You, and it's just one of those things that, that helps us. And then it talks even about your inner heart on how you, uh, what you see, not to take advantage of your brother. But it says these commandments, this word is these statutes, these statutes. And his statutes, I love this, they're not burdensome. That Greek word burdensome means they're not heavy. They're not heavy. And a lot of times we accept Christ, and at a certain point we go, what? I'm not, I'm not supposed to have sex until marriage? What? You know, God wants me to have one person for me. What? That's difficult. But it's really not heavy. 
It's for your protection. It's, it's for your provision. And so we get called out. We think that's burdensome. It's burdensome not to lie. It's burdensome for some of us not to uh, simply, uh, like I keep on saying, not to lose your temper. It's burdensome to, uh, to go ahead and forgive. We feel like that's, that's burdensome. We feel like, well, I have to forgive them. Why do I have to forgive them? That's a burden for me. And what he's saying is, if you will follow these things and trust him, his commandments, his statutes, listen, guys, they're not burdensome. Listen, it says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. There it is. That's that word. Overcomes the world. And this, here it is, this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Listen to that. Our victory, God gave us that faith. Yes, as we grow and we stretch our faith, we begin to understand, oh God, I'm faithless. I need you to help me with my faith. And God says, even the faith that you have comes from me. But even when, you're, when you feel overwhelmed, it's not over. And what's going to get you through that overwhelming feeling, whether it's a divorce, whether it's a, a sin that you have a hard time getting rid of, or whether it's a family member that you're frustrated with, or whether it's a wayward child that just will not, will not come back home or come back to Christ. All those things are overwhelming. But it is your faith and my faith that will be, watch this, that will be the victory that we feel from that disease, from that lifestyle from that past. So I want to encourage you. What he's saying here is your faith. So is your faith in kindergarten? Are you stuck there? Do you think, man, I can't do this, so I'm just going to leave everybody alone, and I'm not going to bother with this issue that really I'm a part of, but I'm just going to stick my head in the sand and not worry about it. You know, over the years, I've seen a lot of marriages uh, that do that. One spouse says, I want to work on it, and the other spouse says, this is too heavy, and they stick their head in the sand. Now, and some of you are going, oh my gosh, that was my spouse, or that was my kid that stuck his head in the sand. He didn't want to face reality. It could be an addiction. And many people who are addicted, if you have an intervention, they will come in and you start talking to them, and they'll bury their hand, head in the sand. But how you handle that, right? Whatever it is, if somebody buries their head, don't put your head in the sand. You lift it high, and you begin to use those words. God has given me the ability to prevail, to crush, and to overcome my feelings of anger toward my son, anger toward my daughter, anger toward my husband, anger toward my wife, anger toward my friend, anger toward my boss. I can, I, God has, is in my life, and he was in the garden, and he went to the cross, and he was overwhelmed. He felt the same things that I felt. He was overwhelmed, and he felt all those things, but he also uh, prevailed, right? He prevailed, and he crushed it, and then he conquered it, right? And he did it through faith in his father who said, you'll have to go through this. That's us. And so as John's writing this, he's telling them, don't forget, Christ is in you. Here's another word. So verse 5, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So now he's saying, listen, we're going to overcome the world because you believe in the Son of God. 
You're going to overcome this dissension, like the dissension that's happening in the body. You're going to overcome the sadness that you felt when, like I said last week, that you had 20 people at your house church, five of them left, you, you, you got 15, and it's discouraging. You know, I could look at all this as your pastor and say, I mean, this is an empty room this morning, but it's not. God will prevail. And he already has. And he's going to crush uh, what we're dealing with. And we will be conquerors. And we will be, we will be back in this building later on down the road. Right? And watch this. If we weren't, and we all went up to heaven, guess what? Because of Christ, we prevailed, we crushed it, and we conquered it. And this disease may have come in, but I'm telling you, through these videos and through things that our staff are doing for your children and your, your preschoolers and your students, listen. We are prevailing. We will not be crushed. We are overcomers. As Paul said, we're more than overcomers. We're overwhelmingly conquerors who will overcome things. And that's what he's writing here. Don't let things discourage you, uh, church. Uh, uh, I want you to move on. Don't let the Greeks that are throwing in this Gnosticism and causing different things to uh, cause you to question what we've taught you. Look at the next one, verse 6. This is he who came by water and by blood, Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by the water and the blood. Now, some people think this water and blood has to do with when Jesus died and they put the spear within him and it said blood and water flowed. Uh, I believe it has to do with his baptism, that when he came into these earth, this earth and he was baptized by John, and he was baptized and he went under, under immersion. That, that says, listen, it was by water. This is how we started this, this picture. And by this water, it was by the blood that he shed on the, Christ, on the cross. Listen, and the spirit is the one who testifies. So he was baptized first, just like he wants you to be. He was then uh, went in and he, he died. And the blood is what saved us. And then it says, and the spirit. Remember in John uh, chapter 15, he or really 14 through, he talked about the Holy Spirit that would come. That's what he's saying this. He says, and the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is truth. So when you look at there and go, oh, no, I, I can't beat this. I I'm overwhelmed. Then look to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, help me because Spirit is truth. And he will tell you already, no matter what goes on, God will help you through it. You will prevail. You will crush this. Listen, you will conquer it, but you have to be faithful. It says this, for all, for, uh, there, are, uh, there are three that testify, uh, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. And will we receive the testimony of men? Uh, if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. Listen to that. He was talking to them because he, they were hearing this testimony of these Greeks and these uh, uh, Gentiles. And, and, and he said, listen, you, you can't listen to that. Because the greater testimony is a testimony of God that he has born concerning his son. Whoever believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe, believe God has made him a liar. Because he has not believed in the testimony that God has uh, born concerning his son. And this is the testimony. Here it is. That God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. And whoever uh, has the son has life. And whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. So you may be sitting there going, but Pat, this thing is overwhelming. Remember, it's just like a bruise. 
It's this bruise that has come up in your life, but a bruise will go away. There's no finality necessarily in a bruise. And if that bruise should be finality at the end, it's still, it's still good. Because in the end, if you have confessed Christ, accepted Christ, however you want to put it, if you believe in Christ, you will overcome. Not only that, you have overcome. You have overwhelmingly overcome. So I don't know what you're facing out there as you're listening. I do know that we're all facing this, uh, this virus. I do know that we're all facing income issues. We're facing, facing all these issues with groceries. We're wondering how we're going to pay our bills, some of you. Some of you are going, I don't know if I can do this homeschool thing forever. Some of you are going, man, I'm, I'm getting stir crazy in the house. Uh, I mean, look at all the different things that have happened in the past few months. We've, we've, we've had the explosion, and then we've had storms, and then we've had this. But, you know, if you go back in the past on what, what you went through, and you go back and you check out your history with God and you're faithful to him, did he bring you through? Yeah. Let me tell you, when we flooded and we had to redo Emily's house and everything around here, and people said it would take three to five years. Now, I know there are some people dealing with it still, but I'm telling you, as believers, we came out. And you know what? We prevailed it. We crushed it. And we were conquerors. And we only did it by faith. And I want to encourage you, as John was writing, that you would always remember these words. Prevail. Crush. And conquer. But you got to have faith. Faith is what holds that up. So you're sitting out there and you're going, well, Pat, I, I just still feel overwhelmed. Listen, don't let it overtake you. But watch this. You will feel overwhelmed and continue to feel overwhelmed. Watch this. If you do not allow this life experience to stretch your faith, to say, I'm going to stick with it no matter what. And that's what Jesus went through in the garden. Oh, God, this is miserable. I'm going to have faith in you. That little prayer in the garden, listen, it was victorious, and it stretched his faith. And then he went out, and he saw his disciples sleeping, but he said, oh, God, can you please help me? And it stretched his faith. Everything in the garden, Listen, go back further. Everything from when Jesus was walking and teaching his disciples about abiding, about the Holy Spirit, knowing his death will come, every step was a step of faith. Every step was a step of faith. And while he was walking to the cross, while he was waiting to be taken uh, by these soldiers, while he was waiting to be scourged, to be mocked, listen, while he was waiting for that, his faith experiences with his father was continuing to grow. He didn't stay at ki in kindergarten. They continue to grow. And that's what you need to do. And that's my encouragement to you this week. When it overcomes you, hey, moms and dads, when you go, I can't do this anymore, you look at it. You have Christ within you, and you will prevail. You will crush this homeschool thing, and you will conquer it. But you've got to have faith that God's going to help you through. Hey, guys who've been laid off, and I know some of you have, listen, you will get through this. You will prevail, prevail, you will crush it, and you will conquer that job loss because it'll come back. So I want to encourage you this week. Anything that comes at you, go back and read First John where he said Christ is in you. Listen, prevail, crush, and conquer it by faith. Faith is our Nike. 
So I want to, I want you to know that's what I encourage you to do this week. And with, and also in, in times to come that I would encourage you to continue to have faith in God, continue to trust him. And so uh, uh, at this time, I want, I want to pray for you and pray that God would help you. Um, I want, again, I want to encourage you, you're about to watch the cue. Don't cut this off after my prayer. Just watch it to the very end and you're going to hear how to be involved. And I also want to talk about this. And I know that uh, Jason's back there and he can correct me, but I do know right now some of you are unable to get on our live streams or you know people that can't get on our live streams because they don't have Facebook. For those people that you know, we are working on that. And hopefully within what? Is it running YouTube now? Okay, so we will begin to help you figure out how to maybe put it on the website or is it all good? Okay, it's on website, and those of you who have computers and know that somebody couldn't get on, they can go to YouTube, I mean, and, and search for that. But we're, we want to make sure that every person is reached uh, through uh, these, um, this live stream uh, if you don't have Facebook, if you do have Facebook. Thank you, Jason, and I appreciate that. But I'm going to pray for us, and when I say amen, hey, don't hang up. I want us to watch the cue so you keep up with what's going on, especially if you want to uh, be a part of a community group. Father, thank you so much for, again, uh, because of the cross and because of your blood, making us overcomers. Help us to know that when we feel overwhelmed, your, your cross and the death and the burial and the resurrection, it's a bruise. The final time will come when we see you face to face. And we also know this. The final time will come uh, when, our, when our adversary is sent into his abyss forever. We know right now what we're feeling is the bruise of our sinful lives. The bruise of living in this world order. And so, Father, help us to prevail, to crush, and conquer it through our faith. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Take a look at this video. You guys have a great week.